Brought. Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Kelsey at the 20, 15 to the 10, and into the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City! On your weekday home for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Holtis. The ball is out and picked up by the Chiefs. It's on Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton at the 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! Your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. What's the run of boot being chased by Chris Jones? He is wrapped up and eaten by Chris Jones. Here's Jay Binkley. Ah, oh, welcome in. Disappointing night. Chiefs lose 27-24 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Jay Binkley, produced by Jed Marshall and... Uh, to say this is not a disappointing game would be uh, not being the truth because this was 100% a disappointing game for the Kansas City Chiefs and their fans to kind of cement their place in the AFC as the number one seed no longer belongs to the Kansas City Chiefs. Matter of fact, the Kansas City Chiefs have met the Bengals before, haven't won there since 1984. And I get it. You know, it's, but it's a long time. 1984 is a long time. The last time they won there in the Queen City, they've now met 32 times. Chiefs actually trail in the in the uh, series 14 to 18. But the story of this game, obviously the Travis Kelsey fumble late. That's huge. Uh, Mike Dana, for some reason, not sacking Joe Burrow when he had an opportunity to. That's a storyline. The poor officiating the first half. We can go through all that. But yes, the fumble did hurt, but Kelsey has saved a million games for the Chiefs. The bottom line is they didn't get the Joe Burrow. They didn't get the Joe Burrow and didn't put pressure on him. And we're looking at the hierarchy of the AFC. You know what's those Buffalo Bills? The Buffalo Bills look at us, the Chiefs, like we look at the Bengals. Except the Bills actually beat the Chiefs from time to time. They beat them in the regular season, not when it counts in the postseason. But the Bengals, they've won the last two games in Cincinnati and the last playoff game here at Arrowhead Stadium. And again, if I said all along, I'll take Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert any day of the week. Justin Herbert, who, by the way, lost today for the Chargers once again, their sixth loss. But Joe Burrow, this is the real rival. When you want to talk about Peyton and Brady and the great rivalry they had, the 17 times they met since 2001, go ahead. But that's the rival, the Cincinnati Bengals. This was the game that we circled at the beginning of the year on the schedule. This is the game the Chiefs, you know, circled. They were disappointed in the way they played today. Said it won't happen again. Well, the number one seed is gone at this point. Like I'll remind people in the NFL, like college football, it's a long season, still a lot of football left to be played. But the bottom line is Cincinnati Bengals now the third team, only excuse me, third time they beat the Chiefs, first time Patrick Mahomes has been beat by a team three times. That now belongs to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. This was a team, the Bengals. Nobody's talked about them, right? Everybody's talking about the Bills. They were the Super Bowl favorite. Now it's the Chiefs Super Bowl favorite. You know, people talking about the Red Hot Dolphins and what they're doing. By the way, they lost today to San Francisco, or they could have taken over the number one seed themselves. But not uh, not going to happen the way they played in San Francisco today as the Dolphins lose that game. But the bottom line is, all these teams are getting to talk except them. And that is the team that went to the Super Bowl. That is the team that has a porous offensive line. That is the team that tried to bring in Kappa and Karras and Lil Collins and everything else to try to strengthen that line. They still gave up the fifth most sacks in the NFL. 35 sacks they've given up all year. Chiefs came into the game sacking the quarterback. Chiefs were fourth in the NFL with 35 sacks. Guess what? The Bengals, <laughs> the Bengals were having trouble getting to the quarterback this year. They were 28th. They only had 17 sacks. 
Chiefs had double that amount, but they could not get to Joe Burrow, and, well, they made him feel comfortable. And Mike Dan, I don't know what the hell he was doing because he got to Joe Burrow and didn't get the sack, and he was right there. But Joe Burrow, if you give him time, if you give any quarterback, even mediocre quarterbacks, the ball in the pocket, they're going to make you pay. You give a guy like Joe Burrow time in the pocket, he'll make you pay. And he made him pay today. And Jamar Chase, what can you say about this guy? That she said four defenders one time, he still was able to get the first down. Unbelievable effort. The Chiefs tackling today was absolutely horrible. All year long, it's been Nick Bolton, the only guy that really is consistent tackler on this team. He led the way with 16 tackles. But, you know, Nick Bolton needs to rub off on a whole bunch of Chiefs. But the defensive line, no excuses. You have to be able to get to Joe Burrow. And the bottom line is, remember Mike Williams with the Chargers? You know that first half, Justin Herbert and the Chargers just moving the ball all around the place? You're like, whoa, are they going to be able to stop him? And then all of a sudden, Mike Williams gets hurt. Oh, that changed things. Because the big physical wide receiver was out. Chiefs were able to pin their ears back and go after quarterback. Hence, five sacks they had in that game once Mike Williams went out. Cincinnati, who did drop a touchdown pass, by the way. Boyd dropped an easy touchdown pass. They had to settle for a field goal that was pretty big in this game. But the bottom line, and the Chiefs missed the field goal. I mean, there, there's a million different excuses we could have. The bottom line is, Cincinnati is owning the Kansas City Chiefs right now. There's no other way to put it. And we can argue the Bengals and Chiefs all we want. The bottom line is, last three times we've played that team, they've won all three times. You know, football's a game of luck. Comes down to one or two plays here and there. And no, Cincinnati has not had a wide margin of victory, but it doesn't matter. Just outlast the Kansas City Chiefs. But giving Joe Burrow all that time, absolutely pathetic. And I know they got a sack at the end of the game as George Karloff just got one. But for the most part, they didn't pressure Joe Burrow today. The running game, Samaj P. Ryan looked like a, a number one back. You know, Joe Mixon's their starter. P. Ryan's the backup, but P. Ryan a nice, cool 106 yards rushing, 152 yards rushing for the Bengals. Chiefs actually ran for 138, which Cincinnati Bengals run defense, not that great. I thought the Chiefs, they averaged over five yards a carry, did a nice job running the ball. But P. Ryan, they could not stop. You know, six catches, 49 yards. This team had five players with over 40 catches. Chiefs just have two. But Jamar Chase, once again, seven catches, 97 yards. Remember him, the first meeting in, in Cincinnati, he had 11 catches for 266. They have no answers for him. They have no answers for Joe Burrow, and they've proven they have no answers for Samaja Pirine. They were dominated at the line of scrimmage by an offensive line that has no business dominating them. Again, Chiefs are fourth in sack, sacks. They'd given up the fifth most sacks in the NFL, and it just wasn't meant to be. If the Chiefs were going to win this game, it was going to be the front four getting after him. It was going to be the front of this defensive line getting to Joe Burrow, making him feel the pressure, making him feel uncomfortable, and getting to him. You give this guy time to throw, and he's going to, and he's going to make you pay. It's that simple. We'll hear inside that Chiefs locker room. We'll hear a bunch more stuff, but right now, it's time to hear from you. Let's go no huddle. Edward Jolaire gets the handoff. Off the first hit, off the second hit, off the third hit, and into the sweet nectar of the end zone. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610. That's right, the Silverstein Ice Center's phone line, 913-586-7610. Same as the J Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. Let's go out to Lone Jack and talk to our guy, Neil. What's up, Neil? Neil, can you hear me? 
Oh, don't tell me we're going to have these same problems we did last week. Hang on, Neil. Oh? Neil, are you there? I'm here. All right. Can you hear me? What's up, Neil? Go ahead. Couldn't agree with you more, man. This game comes down to one thing. Their offensive line plays better than our offensive line, and our defensive line, again, has zero excuses. It's an absolute freaking joke. I'm sick and tired of watching this defensive line play like crap against that offensive line. It's a complete travesty. Now, having said that, there's a lot of other reasons we didn't win this game. But bottom line is here, Jay, we're still going to get the number one seed. I have 100% confidence in that. Buffalo for sure loses at least one more game. We're going to win out. We're going to get the number one seed. And if maybe our defensive line nuts up, sacks up, and eventually plays better against this stupid team, we're going to beat their ass. But until then, we're going to be dealing with this crap, and it pisses me off, and I'm sick and tired of this crap. And also, last thing, and I'll leave you with this, Jay, we're still going to get number one seed. 100% agree. I believe that. And we'll see what happens. But next year, we have to use our number one draft pick on a left freaking tackle. I'm so sick and tired of our freaking in big games like this, watching Orlando Brown suck ass again and give up way more pressures than we should be giving up and lose this game. It's ridiculous. Well, Neil, good call. I thought uh, both tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs, both left and right, didn't play well today. Here's the thing with the number one seat. Yes, you're going to want to play the scoreboard game. You're going to want to watch the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals and see what they're doing. Don't forget the Cincinnati Bengals play the Buffalo Bills at home the second to last game of the year. Here's the deal. Yeah, one of them's got to lose, but the thing is, one of them's got to win. So they need to pick up an extra loss for that. So you're going to be rooting against Buffalo and the the, the, uh, Cincinnati Bengals for a long time, but they play each other. So that means uh, one team is going to be severely hurt, but the other team is going to have some scoreboard and a good win. These two teams beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and both of them would have the upper hand. The good news for the Chiefs, they've got two against the crappy Denver Broncos. And when I say suck, put a capital S on it. Two against them, plus the Chiefs play the Texans. It's the worst team in football. So you get two against the Broncos, one against the Texans, then you got Seattle and, and Vegas. That's it. They should be, they'll be favored big time in all these games, but you got to play the games. The Chiefs are definitely on easy street heading down the stretch, which 100%. is definitely a beneficial thing if you're looking at them trying to get the one seed. To the caller's point, though, I think that looking at Orlando Brown, I know that you and I were talking about this off the air, Bing, that we don't think that he's worthy of a giant contract being franchised and whatnot. Where the Chiefs are going to be drafting, you know this, you're a draft, Nick. It's going to be very hard to be able to find a competent left tackle at that position. You know, I mean, if you're looking at 28, 29, 30, hopefully 32. But ultimately, I think that that's where the the disconnect will come in for at least Chiefs fans and stuff like that when they're looking at draft boards. I agree. It's a problem. He's been a problem. So you look at what, what the other teams have and they have a problem. Chiefs are 31st in the NFL and sacks given up. There's only one team that's given up more sacks than the Kansas City Chiefs. That, I mean, that, that's reality. That's facts. Yeah, Orlando Brown hasn't been great this year, but the bottom line is this offensive line hasn't yielded sacks, and a lot of that has to do with the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, escaping the pocket. But again, I get it. Orlando Brown, not great, but again, who else were you going to get? All those left tackles in the draft that year, they were going to draft them like Cosme and Eichenberg and Alex Leatherwood and all this. They're all terrible. 
So, yes, Orlando Brown is better than that group. You know, they wanted Trent Williams. It didn't happen. But remember, they got Nick Bolton in that trade with the Ravens, that pick number 58. But the Buffalo Bills, their remaining schedule, New York Jets at home, Dolphins at home. Both those teams beat the Bills, but it was on the road. Then at Chicago, at Cincinnati, and New England. So that's the schedule for the Buffalo Bills going forward. And again, you're going to want to be paying attention between the Bills and the Bengals. And the bad thing is they have to play each other, which means somebody will win. And both these teams have the upper hand on the Chiefs. Uh, the Bengals have the Browns at home at Tampa at New England versus Buff versus Baltimore at home. So better be starting watching them and hoping for some losses coming down the pike. Let's go back to Q in Topeka. What's up, Q? What's going on, Big? Well, just uh, usually we talk about wins, but uh, tonight's a loss, you know. Yeah, that's a long one. Can we talk about the safety position for the Kansas City Chiefs? Sure. I know we we like to we like to talk about Tyron Matthew and how he was like washed up and you know all this and all that, but his first couple of years here, he was a playmaker. He was. We need a playmaker back there because Justin Reed he got trucked over. That one play, I mean, I know we've all Yeah, seen I mean, it. here's the thing with Reed. If you're going to talk, back it up. I mean, if you're going to write yeah, the check, you got to cash it. Exactly. Because you know what? Think of 2019. Guess who, guess who backed up their top? Frank Clark came back, and then he even double-backed on it and talked about it after the postgame. But, like, this, this safety play has been, you know, atrocious. You've got to take – what you got to give with the, with the cornerbacks. I mean, the corners are so young. You know, it's 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 such a young team outside of like their core. <laughs> you got to take what you got to have. You know what I mean? The the corners are young. You got to get something from the safeties. We got to have more playmakers on that defense because we are not causing enough turnovers. We need a couple turnovers. Even if Travis fumbles the ball 30 yards down the field, we need some turnovers. No question about it. Good call. Good call, Q. And here's the thing. You know, you're talking about safeties. Yeah, that might be a needed position. I know they drafted Brian Cook this year, hoping big things out of him. But, you know, you're looking at tackle as well. I mean, yeah, there's some positions that they need. But, you know, the impressive thing is they made four straight AFC title games. And they brought in Justin Reed, another, you know, not necessarily high-priced acquisition. But I do think that when you're looking at the, to the caller's point again, Juan Thornhill did have an interception in this game. It was taken away because of a penalty. You know, I to me, if you're looking at the back end of the secondary, I think that Juan, Hill, uh, Juan Thornhill, excuse me, is a completely competent, you know, back end of the secondary player. I think that you got better in the offseason by getting rid of Tyron Matthew. I know that he was a fan favorite, but also Daniel Sorensen. Think about, Jay, how many calls you took last year about yeah. people complaining and throwing a lot a complain fest for, but yeah, to but, clean it up. You know what I mean? To me, I, I don't think that the back end of the secondary is as big of a concern as no, no, uh, some it people would, might. It would help this year to have a younger version of the Honey Badger because you got such a young corner group. You know, have that uh, group that's not exactly – so young in those in 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 those positions because they need them. Let's go to John in Kansas City. What's up, John? John, you there? Um, I just want to know your thoughts on. Um, I'm ready to uh, part ways with Harrison Butker. You're ready to part uh, ways with Harrison Butker. Yeah, and I'll listen off the air. 
Well, Thanks, man. yeah, Harrison, uh, you know, he's you know, he drills that 62-yarder. He's missed those extra points. Missed the 55-yarder. Now, I mean, it was 55 yards. I mean, yeah, guys should make those. Professional kickers should make those. Uh, the bottom line is they have trusted him. This year is just not his year. I know he's been dealing with the injuries, but it's so frustrating. And you get to that point, and you're like, okay, do we have better odds Mahomes going for it on fourth and seven or or Harrison Butker kicking it? The answer is Patrick Mahomes throwing the football. You know, the Chiefs, they're good at those down and distances. You know, third down percentage, Chiefs are number one in the NFL. They're very good at third down percentage. Let's take a, let's take a quick uh, break for Station ID. Players only. Thursday nights at 6 with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber on 610 Sports Radio. KCSB Kansas City. WDAF HD2 Liberty. Always live on the Odyssey app. But as far as trust, who you really trust? Yes, I trust Mahomes with the ball in his hand more than I do Harrison Butker kicking at this point. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Well, not much, Bink. You know, we wanted to get that victory. What a drag. We didn't get it. But, you know, it's the world's not ending. We're still got our schedule, and we just got to play out the games. I still think they can run the table. I do agree that Buffalo will stumble. We can't worry about that. We just got to keep winning our games, keep our head up. And this game came down to a few plays. You know, Travis Kelsey, that's an unlike turnover by him. He was fighting. Uh, But, you know, I thought this game had similarities to the AFC Championship game, Bink. And what I mean by that is towards the end of the half, the Bengals were one trying to go for it, and, and Dunlop made a hell of a play. So, you know, the, the defensive line had their ups and downs, and, and, of course, they did. They should have got to that quarterback more. Uh, their, their, their offensive line did an outstanding job, but I feel we're going to see this team uh, later in the playoffs and down the road, everybody. So 100%. let's keep our heads up, and that's when it really counts. And and then, Bink, you know, um, our offensive tackles, I think both of them struggled today. Both did, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Wiley, he was, he was getting, you know, pressured a lot. McKinnon ran into the back of him on a on a on a you know a run play, and that's not Wiley's fault there. I mean, it's just no, it wasn't Wiley. No, it was just really odd though, and all this stuff going on, and, and it's just like I said, come down two plays. And then let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room. And I know field goal kickers miss field goals, but when you're in big games like this, you lead points, you know, miss a 55 yard, of course, it, it makes good ones too. But that's been a thorn in Achilles heel all year long. It's just the elephant in the room. And it continues to be the elephant in the room. And come on, Chiefs, pick it up. Well, here's the thing. Let's pick up the special teams, by God. This should used to be a strength. Let's 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 kick ass, let's take names, and let's 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 clean it up. And Andy Reid, did you see him on the sideline? I think he was a little pissed about that. Uh, when Juan Thornhill made that interception in the first quarter. That was pretty ticky-tacky. It seems like I hate uh, bitching about the referees, but it seems like every time we play this team, we always get these little ticky-tack, ticky-tack little calls. Isn't that funny, Bink? But that's okay. We'll get this team later on down the road. Like I said, that's when it counts. And let's let's clean up special teams. And as always, let's go Chiefs. Let's kick Snivers ass next week. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, remember Matt Amendola? When he was with the Chiefs, he had missed the field goal. He was hitting 75%. They tried Matthew Wright. These were good kickers that came in when Butker was hurt. Butker was hitting 80% clip coming into this game uh, with two missed extra points, too. But, again, who do you trust more, his leg or Mahomes throwing the ball? I trust Mahomes throwing the ball right now, not his leg. We'll take one more. Let's go to Bob in Branson. What's up, Bob? Bob, are you there? One, two, three. Goodbye, Bob. Good talking to you tonight. That was great talking to you. We'll take a timeout. Don't forget, we got Pete Sweeney, ArrowheadPride.com coming up in just a bit. 
Welcome back to Airhead Pride post-game show. Jay Binkley, Jed Marshall producing the operation. Kansas City Chiefs fall again to the Cincinnati Bengals this time. 27-24 and really a down game for the Kansas City Chiefs. They have five games remaining. So right now it's a little bit of scoreboard watching for the Kansas City Chiefs. See what those Bengals are up to. See what those Bills are up to. But right now we'll go to Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney's appearance is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. America's number one sports book in the official sports book of 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Pete? Hey, how are we doing? You ready to say Joe Burrow's better than Justin Herbert? <laughs> uh, not not quite. Not oh, quite you got to be kidding me, man. Herbert loses the day to the Raiders. He's six and six. Joe Burrow beats the Chiefs for a third time. Come on, Pete. Well, here's the deal. You know, I, I understand what you're saying, and, and I think certain certain times that there are certain uh, players and teams that have other guys' number, and for whatever rhyme or reason, you know, this is a a team that uh, has has been able to have the Chiefs number. It's also a team that lost to the Cleveland Browns, which Jacoby Brissett, the Baltimore Ravens, the Dallas Cowboys have been up and down, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is even though they've beaten the Chiefs now for a third straight time, they have ground to make up um again not to say that that justin herbert is, is certainly better I, I think the case would be for for joe burrow right now but uh I, as of as of right now and, and just in the grand scheme of things i don't think i've seen seen enough um quite yet um because i could I could turn around and ask you the same question are you ready to say that joe burrow is better than patrick mahomes no i don't think joe burrow is better than patrick mahomes he needs to win a super bowl and mvp and a super bowl mvp before i'd entertain that argument but I will say he's better than Justin Herbert. He's certainly more accomplished than Josh Allen. He's more accomplished than Lamar Jackson. He's already been to the Super Bowl. I know. I know that you're getting on me because you're you're an anti anti Herbert man. But I, I think there's obviously, and what I'm just trying to dictate is that there's cases to be made for everybody. I think Joe Burrow certainly has had a little bit more consistency and with the head coach. And I I, I find that you know, sometimes these players are, are given a bad deal with the, with the head coach, not necessarily a, a Brandon Staley guy. Would love to see him with a, a better offensive mind. Oh, I wouldn't. Um, again, we're, we're, we're talking about the, the second best quarterback here. So let's, let's make that very <laughs> I just wondered if this, if he considered this the rivalry. I know Pete, we've talked <laughs> about the, the, how big this game was. I circled it. Certainly not sure if you did. I'm sure you did. And you know, the players did. But yet, at the end of the day, there's Cincinnati yet getting another win over the Chiefs. They had plenty of plenty of opportunities to win. They did not play well. They did not play well and still no. had a chance to win this game at the end. But, Pete, they just couldn't get to Joe Burrow. I have no idea why, unless it's that Mike Williams yeah. syndrome. Because remember, he left the Chargers game, and they got five sacks when he got hurt because they played a different style of defense. Now, this Bengals group is a physical group of wide receivers they probably didn't want to blitz from the secondary as much, but that's when they have uh, effectiveness. Yeah, they, they're, it, you know, and I understand because you know you're facing a lot of these elite skill position players. So there, there certainly was a little bit of a shift in I think what the Chiefs were doing that that was really working for them. And you look at this Bengals team; it's, it's not like they're particularly well at protecting the quarterback. If you really go and look at the stats, they've allowed at least one sack in every single game. They've allowed at least two in multiple games, and had it not been for George Karloftis at the end there, Chiefs would have been blanked when it came to sacks once again. So there, there's a real problem there with sustaining pressure on a guy who allows pressure each and every week. And a team that allows pressure 
each and every week. So I, I think if there's one thing I'm pointing at, and, and I understand there was one turnover in this game, and, and if there's a moment, of course, it would, it would be that, that Travis Kelsey fumble. But I think if you're looking for a general reason and the number one reason why the Chiefs continue to lose to the Bengals, including today, it's a lack of pressure. And it's only against this team because this is a team that's been better at getting to the quarterback, entering the game with 35 sacks when they had 31 all of last year. So really frustrating. And you're right, I, I think there it, it's hard to come up with a rhyme or reason for why against this particular team, who is not good at this, they're very good against the Chiefs. You know, the funny thing is, you know, I always run the numbers before Thursday night football, before the week's games. I run the numbers. They're fourth in the NFL in sacks. The Bengals fifth in the NFL in giving up sacks, and they gave up the most sacks a season ago. But it just wasn't that. It was dominating the line of scrimmage, 152 yards rushing. They haven't given up that many yards rushing since they played the Tennessee Titans. Uh, overall, their their team um, total in rushing. And the screen passes. And they have four, five guys over 40 catches. But P. Ryan, six catches, 49 yards. All of them, all of them hurt the Kansas City Chiefs. But I, I just, I just look at this game won and lost with those guys that were up front. Yeah, and and for what it's worth, uh, Mahomes, generally speaking, didn't look all that comfortable. I I think he was able to make it work. It wasn't the particular, or the I shouldn't say particular, but the, the usual line that we see from Mahomes with the 223 yards and, and one touchdown. I I don't think he was comfortable. And if if you're looking for a place in the line where it seemed like was was vulnerable, it was the two tackle positions with these. Uh, Bengals coming around and really just getting speed rushed out of their shoes. It did make me think that is there a certain point where the Chiefs do try to enact a Lucas Niang uh, again tougher until we look at the game again to, to see what was going on in the interior. But it seemed like Nick Allegretti once again in, a, in another spot start. At least from what my first look here was holding up, I, I felt like the pressure was really breaking down on the outside, and I, I just wonder if there's a, a change to be made there. What's your overall feelings on the tackles today for the Chiefs? I've had a couple of people call in about Orlando Brown. And I mean, here's the deal. I mean, yeah, it doesn't look good at times, but yet the Chiefs have given up the second fewest sacks in the National Football League. There's only one team that's given up more sacks than they have, but yet a lot of that's due to Mahomes escaping pressure and yeah. doing everything that he does. But, you know, and again, if I understand people not liking Orlando Brown. He has not lived up to expectations, but – the problem really lies. There's nobody else there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the answer is. I, I don't think this team's ready to start Lucas Niang and Prince Teguanogo as your only tackles. I will say it, it's hard to tell how much is the offensive line and how much is Patrick Mahomes improved in the pocket. I don't think we've seen him play as well in the pocket as we've seen him play this year, and so I think that is allowing him to be a little bit more protected. Here's the reality, because we can we can complain about Orlando Brown all we want. People can call up and say. Brown needs to be replaced. A guy in the franchise tag is not going to be replaced. There's one move to be made, and it's what I was saying, and that comes at right tackle. And I, I just wonder if they try to upgrade from what could be an upgrade of, of Andrew Wiley going to Lucas Niang, and then you you hope that kind of helps the, the offensive line as a whole because if Lucas Niang is a better player, then you could do certain things to put extra help on the other side if, if that's what you decide to do. We can complain about it all we want. There's only one possible change that we see to this line when everybody's healthy, and it's that right tackle. Pete, uh, will you come out on Harrison Butker? Already taking those calls as well. You know, here's he missed the 55-yarder. I get it. Those aren't exactly gimmies, but they should be for professional kickers. He's missed a couple extra points. We've seen Amendola and Wright with this team um, with success, but also non-success as well but you know Mahomes faced the fourth and seven do you give give Mahomes the ball or do you trust Harrison Butker with the 55 yarder 
Well, here's here's what we know. Uh, we know that Harrison Butker is not 100 percent. And and he confirmed that in the locker room, I believe it was three weeks ago while we were talking to him at his locker. And then, you know, as time has gone on, he's getting a little bit better where he's he's feeling slowly but surely better. But Dave Tobe has essentially said, Harrison, stop talking about this. You're not going to be 100 percent the whole year. Then you got to turn yourself into, you know, look yourself in the mirror a little bit here. And if that's true, right, your, your kicker's not 100 percent. Shouldn't his range not be? In, in, you know, 50 to 55 in, in a game where so much is on the line. And, and if you miss that field goal, you probably lose. And so, again, I, I'm, I'm not sure what Butker's season would have looked like had his, the turf not been messed up in week one and then we'd be dealing with this injury because at times in previous seasons, he's been downright a, a robotic when it comes to making these field goals and making field goals that are further than this. But I just don't think that's the case this year. And if you sort of back backtrack and, and work your way backward in, in that sense, I think it comes down to what do we have a better chance with? Harrison Butker is not 100% making a 55-yarder or the best quarterback of all time through this point in his career going for an unfourth and seven. And as I described it that way, you, you kind of know where I, I fall. But look, uh, decisions are hindsight's 2020. If he makes a field goal, maybe the Chiefs go to overtime and win. No one talks about the decision, but unfortunately for the Chiefs, it, it went the other way, and I think people will question that tomorrow. Are you concerned about the wide receiver position, Pete? Um, I know we're talking about a team here, nine and three, uh, but we are talking about, you know, how can this team go forward and improve? You know, about Valdez Scanton, two for 71, did have that drop in the end zone that made some nice catches as well. Kelsey, four for 56, didn't have his typical game. And then Juju, three for 35. Not exactly wide receiver stepping up if Kelsey has kind of a mid-range game. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, we thought would be a little bit better here in Kansas City. He's largely been the same player that he was in Green Bay, which is a deep threat that catches the ball sometimes. And for for and that's fine because I, I think he, he's, a, he's a key part of the wide receiver room, but he's not taking a next step that we thought he might. Juju Smith-Schuster is a great possession receiver. I think the Chiefs have enough weapons to win games against teams that they should be beating. I think where you're missing a guy like Tyree Kill is in a game where you're playing other elite weapons. When you go up against Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, when you're going up against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, you're really missing that elite receiver, pass catcher behind Travis Kelsey. I mean, I, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is great, and I think he's above average, but he plays a certain role. I think the Chiefs are missing a guy. Let's not even say Tyree Kill. Let's, let's say that T. Higgins could go to a guy like T. Higgins could be on the Chiefs. I mean, he would be a very, very, very good weapon and a, and a good asset. And I think they're hopeful that Sky Moore can be potentially that guy. And maybe there's another direction. Maybe there's a way to trade up if there's a, a, a you know another crop of, of wide receivers that that come in future years here. I just think we can be honest with ourselves as you watch Tyree Kill put up 150 yards with Tua that the Chiefs could really use him in some of these big games. I, I think it's in the big games that they're missing him, and I'm not really sure if there's going to be an answer this year. They're just going to have to play a cleaner game because when you don't have a guy like that, it's just a, a smaller room for error. So if certain players aren't playing particularly well, like at the tackle position, or if your all-world tight end has a mistake, which he's allowed to make because, look, he you wouldn't be there for the what wasn't for the way he played. When you have these mistakes that are made, I think you're missing – that elite type of player and you, you can win, but it has to be clean. And I, I think you saw the chiefs not really play particularly clean tonight. And that's why they lost talking to Pete Sweeney, editor in chief arrowheadpride.com. Pete, when you look at the hierarchy of what the, what their needs are, how high would you put the safety position up there? 
Well, I, I think I think it, it's it's high. I, I think there's a, there is this feeling where, you know, I, I love the I love the fire from Justin Reed, and and I I love that in in the sense of being so confident that you're going to talk. But I think if you're going to do that, then you got to play a better game than the Chiefs' defensive backs play tonight. Uh, and and they're getting better, but they're young. And I don't know if they're they're strong. I don't know if it's a strong enough room where you know you should feel comfortable calling the other team out ahead of the game, especially when you you wind up losing it. Uh, I think it, it's it's a it's a player that I think has another step to take based upon what the Chiefs signed him for, um, whether that be on the field, off the field. You know, and really talking to the coaching staff, if you really dig into some of these quotes, sometimes they they were not ready to call Justin Reed a leader right away. This was certainly a step back. Andy Reid is never as publicly, I think, uh, upset, you could say, that he was of Justin Reed talking about this stuff. And so I, I think there's room both on the field and off the field to to be better. I think they drafted a, a player in Brian Cook to replace Juan Thornhill because I think there's going to be another team that, that's more willing to pay than what the Chiefs are willing to play, pay Thornhill at his age. So is it a concern? I, yeah, I think it is a concern, but I think it has to be solved in the building. I, I think Thornhill will play out this year. And then it's going to be Justin Reed and Brian Cook because you pay Justin Reed and you drafted Brian Cook so that you wouldn't have to pay another safety. And so I think it's making sure that Dave Merritt, the defensive backs coach, and, and Steve Spagnuolo continue to improve these guys. Because I, you know, maybe you want to say, okay, they, they need to bring another safety in, but I, I just don't think that that's happening. Pete, when you look at the uh, schedule, we'll finish up with this. Uh, you know, the, the, it's kind of interesting, the Buffalo Bills schedule and the Bengals. And the interesting thing is they play each other which you say, okay, one of these teams is going to lose. But the problem is one of these teams is going to win. And they both have victories over the Kansas City Chiefs and the tiebreaker. The Chiefs, a very winnable schedule. You get the Broncos twice, you got the Houston Texans, very winnable. But the margin for error and slipping is not there. I mean, I'm looking at these Bengals and Bills and that game that they have, you know, somebody's got to win. And that's a problem. Yeah, and I I just think you're you're going back to the outright record now with with both teams. It's one of those weird scenarios where in that game, even though the Bengals beat you recently, and it's annoying to root for them because now their fan base, it's a Kansas City Chiefs fan, is going to be more annoying than ever. But that's a game where you need the Bengals to beat the Bills, and you need to win these games that you're going to be favored in at least a touchdown by by most of them, right? I mean, it should be about six and a half, seven points for the rest of the opponents that the Chiefs face, you know, even if they're home or away. Uh, and so you got to win those games. And, you know, you, you look at the Buffalo Bills schedule with their division. They're in a much better division than the Chiefs, something we didn't expect. There's another loss in there. Uh, so as long as the Chiefs take care of business and win five games here, I, I tend to think they will still be the AFC by. But you did lose a little bit more control today again. You know, I mean, you were in a situation where if you just went out, you know, that would have been yours and you got to scoreboard watch a little bit. But it's not a lot. It's just because I, I think the Buffalo Bills have a real challenging road ahead. And they have shown a, a lack of consistency in their own right. And the Jets are suddenly really good, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Miami, we know about. Uh, even Justin Fields, who they have to see, is an exciting player. You mentioned the Bengals, and then they have Bill Belichick. There's a loss in there. So as long as the Chiefs pick up, win another five games in a row here, I, I think you've still got to feel pretty good about them hosting uh, you know, the playoffs in, in Arrowhead and having that AFC bye. Hard to believe we have five more weeks left, Pete. Hard to believe the season, man. It's on cruise control. Isn't it, isn't it wild, Pete? It is. It is wild. Um, but you know, now with today's loss, you might get an extra game uh, on top of that. So uh, you know, you, you have to you have to roll. Talking about if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and they don't have the AFC bye, we got another ten games left, my friend. So let's yeah. not let's not count our chickens. Good stuff, Pete. We'll talk to you later, my friend. All right. Hey, he didn't do it.
No, I cut I cut his mic oh, that did? time. The smell you later. He tried to do it to me. Take that, Pete. He did it to me on when I was with Cody Gold the other day. Yeah, yeah, Pete. Anyway, we'll take a time out. We come back. 913-586-7610. Take some more of your angry calls, and we'll hear from the Chiefs locker room as well. Welcome back. Kansas City Chiefs lose to the Bengals 27-24 and lose the number one seed as the Buffalo Bills now slide in the number one seed. And the Chiefs go to the second seed. The Chiefs fall to 9-3, and 4-2 and two away now. And by the way, this is the first loss that they've had in the last 27 games in November and December. Mahomes is now 26-1 and one in November December. It's pretty good. Matter of fact, this team was a good road team. They were 24-5 and five since 2019. Two of those losses, of course, now come at the hands of the Cincinnati Bengals. That's why you got to give this team respect. And, you know, it, it, it's hard to, to look at that team and not have respect for them when they beat you three straight times. I mean, I'd love to come up with excuses and tell you the Chiefs are a better team than the Bengals, but I can't when they've beat you the last three times. It's just impossible to do, and it's, well, it's not fair to do. Let's go back to the phone lines at 913-586-7610. Having a few problems with the text line tonight. You might remember on Friday during the shows, we had a problem with the text line as well. Doesn't mean I don't care about your text line. I just can't. Uh, I just can't see what you're, what you're sending me. I bet there's some real beauties too. Let's go to Charles in, uh, who, Charles and KC. What's up, Charles? Well, hey, hey there, me. Uh, always <laughs> love listening to you on the hotline. You know that's a tough game that we played tonight, but you know you got to get over that. You, you know? do have to get over, and you go on to Denver, which Denver is. Uh, they're the Iowa Hawkeyes of the NFL. They don't score. Could you imagine being a Denver fan right now? No, Nine because points. there's no hope for the future. And your number one pick is going to the Seattle Seahawks. It's got to suck to be a Denver. So that's that's what you do. Just look in the mirror and say, I'm glad I'm not a Broncos fan. That's one way to cheer you up, you know? I never thought about that. Yeah. Try it. That. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some Mike Cosmo translator. Yeah. Yeah. I got to look in the mirror, but, uh, Tough game. They got to get better. So yeah, that's right, Charles. Uh, we we got to get better. That was not a good look for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I appreciate you calling in. But yeah, I mean, you know, you do. Chiefs do play the Broncos twice. Now their defense is playing really good. They just can't score. Like if the Chiefs score eleven points, they're probably going to win the game. Matter of fact, I think the Broncos would have five more wins this year if they at least scored eighteen points. Let's ride. Chiefs have beaten them thirteen straight times. Again, they have five games left. Two of them are against the Denver Broncos. One of them against the lowly Houston Texans who faced Deshaun Watson the day. Imagine the NFL doing that. He gets to spend 11 games. Boom, he can come back during the Houston Texans. It's all storylines, man. For those of you telling me it's scripted, I mean, I, I don't, maybe, maybe this was. Deshaun Watson didn't play well, but still beat the Houston Texans. I'm pretty sure Jed could commandeer a quarterback performance to beat the Houston Texans. I could not. I bet you could, Jed, because you could turn around and just hand it off. Give it to Kareem Hunt, Nick Chum, just win the game. No, I don't even think I could handle that. I bet you could. I bet you could. Let's go to a phone line. J-Rock. That used to be my nickname for you was J-Rock. Now someone else has the name J-Rock. What's up, J-Rock? Fellas, fellas, what's going on? How are y'all doing tonight? What's going on, J-Rock? Uh, nothing much, man. Nothing much. Uh, I ain't too upset with the loss, man. Um, I hate to say it. I, I kind of seen, seen it coming because – my two issues I've been having for not even just this year, but even since last year, 
losses this game. And that was Orlando Brown and Bucker. <laughs> Bucker been missing kicks that we've needed for the last umpteenth games. Whenever we needed him to come through, he's been missing these kicks. It's frustrating, my man. It's frustrating, it, bro. You know what, though? Everybody, it hasn't bothered everybody him. Everybody you know? a pass. You know what? Remember, okay, that game he, remember that game he missed an easy field goal in an extra point, but they still found a way to win it. Remember that? It was Tennessee. Absolutely. They still found Absolutely. This time it came Absolutely. back to bite him. But I can't put it all on him. Because the, line, the no, defensive line was so bad, and, and the fumble wasn't good either. I mean, I, yeah, I felt I, I felt they collectively lost this game. Absolutely. Now, granted, too, Kelsey was sick, man. We, I, I know that they took Kelsey out on a third down. Kelsey never yeah. comes out. So, granted, you know, they, they gave him on a pitch count. Even with that, he can't come off the field on a third down. I mean, I know he was, he was you know, saying they got to kind of play that a little different. But, like I said, man, between Orlando Brown, he's uh, – I'm sorry, man. He's not worth no money nobody should give that man top money. I ain't saying no, don't pay the man, but he ain't getting no top O-line money. He's garbage on old tackle. I don't care what nobody say. And, again, Bucker, he, he, he's just been butt lately. Sorry. Well, it's that. all right, J-Rock. I mean, you can, you, you can say that. I mean, this is yeah. it's Orlando Brown and uh, Harrison Bucker not exactly getting ringing endorsements on the show. Kind of reminds me of Dan Sorensen last year, right? A little bit, They're yeah. There, and you always have to have the, uh, the, the heel. Every team needs a villain. Well, and to me, I, I can understand the frustration because everybody wants to have a villain, to your point, Jay. But as we were talking about earlier, with draft capital, what do you want them to do? Draft Justin Medlock in the fifth round? Well, the problem is when they last you, time they needed You get a tackle, my point, though. Yeah, the time they needed a tackle, nobody was there. They tried to get Trent Williams. That bad boy went to like 2 or 3 in the morning. That would have made a difference. Exactly. But, but you but get Orlando Brown, oh, you get the 58th pick, too, that turns to Nick Bolton, which is the best tackler in the AFC. That's, and that's what you got. And they needed that. They need Nick Bolton. To me, the complaints, though, I mean, as I talked about earlier in the show, when you're talking about left tackle, the Chiefs aren't going to be in a position to draft one of those where they're going to be drafting. Kicker, if you really want to, you know, allocate draft resources for that, that's fine. You already spent money on a safety and drafted a safety. To me, a lot of the concerns are unfounded. You no question. It's very frustrating. And, you know, this was going to be it. This was the game you circled. You know, they played the Bills, got that out of the way. It was the Bengals. And listen, they lost to the Buffalo Bills. And remember last year, they lost to a series of teams, and you thought, oh, my God, how are they going to get the, the uh, home field advantage when they keep losing the tiebreaker all these teams? Remember, Tennessee ended up getting the number one seed. But then they're choking in the, in the first round of the playoffs, and Kansas City ends up getting the home field advantage throughout. It could happen again this year. Nobody's safe this year, especially when you get to the playoffs. Any of these teams can beat any of these teams any given day. We, we've seen it before. Chiefs, I'd like to see more production from the wide receivers. For sure. Like if Kelsey's not 100%, give me somebody else to step up. This team is sorely missing a Jamar Chase. And I remember sitting here draft night when they drafted Jamar Chase. They could have gone offensive line or they could have gone Jamar Chase. They needed both. But I was like, there's no way you pass on his right-hand man from LSU. There is no way, you, and that has been a deadly combination you're going to see from years to come. Yeah, one of the best receiving combinations that you have in the NFL. To me, though, it, it gets back to the point, though, that, yeah, it's frustrating, and there are certain things, but ultimately, like we were talking about during the game, sometimes there are just teams that are bad matchups against you, and I think that the Bengals, for whatever reason, happen to be the Chiefs' kryptonite. It doesn't mean that they can't beat them. It just means that they're a bad matchup against them. Remember Lamar Jackson? When he was talking about the Chiefs being his kryptonite? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the same like, thing. I hope the Chiefs don't go this way because that's admitting weakness. Like, I hope that they don't say, well, that's our kryptonite. 
Just keep it the way it is. Say, hey, we want to beat their ass next time we play them. I don't know. That's if what they should do. I don't know if it's admitting weakness, but I hey, think. Can we call somebody that you're calling somebody your daddy? Mm, yeah, a little bit. You and I will agree to disagree, but I, I think that ultimately you can look at a team and say that they're a bad matchup against you. As To my point, though, I don't think that you necessarily look at them each week and say that you can't beat them. I think that the Chiefs can beat the Bengals and definitely could if they match up in the playoffs, but it doesn't mean that they're not a bad matchup. How about that game? If Bengals and Kansas City, imagine how big that game will be. I mean, all will be forgotten if they beat them. And if you lose to them again, it's like, damn, what the, how are we going to beat this team? How are we going to beat Joe Burrow? I think Joe Burrow and Mahomes is going to be a great matchup in the future. I think that's the one. I know people are looking at Josh Allen. Right. But again, Josh Allen's a great quarterback. But again, you got to do it in the postseason. And Joe's already proven he could do it. And he could have won a Super Bowl if he had a better offensive line. That was Aaron Donald dominated the end of that game. Agreed. But think about what the narrative was coming into the Chiefs playoff, or excuse me, performances against Josh Allen. It was Josh Allen couldn't beat the Chiefs in a big time game. And I think that he's proven maybe that he isn't an NFL MVP quarterback, but I certainly think that he and the Bills have proven that they are right there toe to toe with the Chiefs. I it, to me it's it's kind of the same thing when you look at the Bengals versus the Chiefs. I don't necessarily like I said, I don't think they're a better team, but I do think that they're a bad matchup for what the Chiefs Try and present. Well, I think it's a good argument. I mean, do you think the Bengals are better than the Chiefs? 913-586-7610 because I'm not going to hang up on you. I'm not going to hang up on you whatsoever because, you know, it could be true. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes didn't speak for a long time today, but Andy Reid was very pointed in his comments. So we'll go here from Andy Reid right now. Player uh, locker room sound brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's, uh, here's Big Red after the game. That is not Big Red, Jen. I'm not sure what, what that is. What, that's not, that is not Andy Reid. My, is my computer speakers up? Okay. Well, there we Coming go. Down the there stretch, we go. We, you, know, you, you know, you can't turn the ball over against a good team, and you surely can't miss a field goal. Um, but there was a lot of things in between that that we could have done better. And so we'll go back and we'll work on it and make sure that we, we learn from it and, and, uh, and try to become a better team. So with that, time's yours. Yeah, um, very similar to what we've done before, and uh, you know that's within his range. We got to get you know that combination, the snap a little higher, and the kick a little stronger, and you know you you got a good thing going, but it didn't happen. You know. And then one of the things is you got to make a decision in such a split second, but is that one where you weigh pretty heavily or consider pretty strongly to keep the offense on the field? Well, if I don't think he can make it, then I'm, uh, I'm not going to do it. You know, it's pretty simple that way. So, but I, I felt like he was, you know, he's been in a good place and uh, we just got to execute it better all the way around. So, and then, we, you know, we shouldn't really come down to that too, but, but it, it did. And we got to make sure we, we do it. If you're going to be a good football team, all phase got to be able to take care of business. Yeah, how would you assess those trying to tackle the Bengals' Yeah, I didn't think we tackled as well as we had been. Um, we can do a better job with that. That's something I'm, we'll look at on on tape and and, and get fixed. Um, you know, we, it, you know, it was the same way the offensive side. We can 
we can block better and do a lot of things on that side of the ball too. And everybody's got a little piece of this, and um, you know we got to take take care of that. And anything particular related to that? I guess that you saw that it uh, led to uh, Burrow having generally quite a lot of time to work with. Uh, yeah, I mean their, their offensive line at times did a good job. At other times he, you know, he's slippery and he kind of worked his way through. Um, made some plays with his legs. But I thought we had decent pressure on him, uh, you know, throughout. And the third down defense. I know on the last drive it really played a big dividend, but overall, just it, it just wasn't up to the standard. I'm sure it was. So yeah, we the, yeah, yeah. That's uh, we, we got to do better there. Um, you know, we'll go back and go back and look at that. And we had a third down on the offensive side that we had a chance to third and fourth down that we had a chance to, uh, or the third down, I'm sorry, that we had a chance to fix there, and we, we didn't do a great job on that either. Andy, a little bit of a slow start today. Was there anything you put your finger on? Why was it so slow? Um, good football team you're playing, and um, you know. It, I mean, there were things we put our finger on because we were able to score after after that, and we, I thought we played a little better defense there. Andy, after the third down play, uh, it appeared Pat was limping off the field. Did that weigh into the decision as well, just seeing him come no, listen, I, no, I, no, no, I, I thought we had a chance to make the field goal. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted, just wanted to Yeah, no, yeah, he's okay. He, he was all right, yeah. Coach, is there anything to this particular team that you feel like you all may have issues matching up with them? I know, you know, just yeah, this one came right down the end. I, I don't, I don't feel that way. I, I think it's two good football teams playing each other, and you know, we, we got to take care of business down the stretch. The last couple series, there, we got to take care of business. Anything else? How do you, how, how, how do you think the, the rookie cornerbacks play just because of Chase Higgins support? Yeah, sure. I, listen, I, I think they. You know they did a good job. They they competed, um, and and they're going to be better for that. This game right here, they'll be they'll be they'll be better for it. Um, they can learn from this. <clears throat> and it's it's very important that we do that as a you know as a team and and for those young guys. Yep. All right, thank you. Thanks. So there you go. There's Coach Andy Reid after the game. We're going to take a timeout. Don't forget, don't forget, I won't forget about you. 913-586-7610 plus the Tullamore Dew. Touchdown calls of the game with Mitch Holtus next. Welcome back as the Kansas City Chiefs lose to Cincinnati Bengals. Those are words I did not want to say today. After all, Jed, it's the holiday season. In the holiday season, you're supposed to be in a good mood, right? I told the last caller to say, hey, just be glad you're not a Broncos fan. Or be glad you're not a Chargers fan because the Chargers lost today to the Raiders. And if you're the Chargers and you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert, and I know Pete was talking about he'd like to see him with a, you know, an offensive-minded head coach and see what he do. Not me. Just stay with what you got. Let the Chargers wallow around in misery and let the Chiefs win this division once again. And they're still going to win this division. It's going to be seven straight years in a row. They, they showed a graphic earlier, Jed. I don't know if you know this, but the NFC East, the last 17 years, has 17 different champions. 17 different ones. It just shows you how hard it is to be consistent, like the Kansas City Chiefs. Very tough to keep doing what the Chiefs do. But now it's time for Touchdown Kansas City. <laughs> It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Harden waits for a block, and he gets the 15, 10, explodes! 
The jet has landed the plane. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City. That's right. It's time for Touchdown, Kansas City with the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Kansas City Chiefs, uh, of course, uh, eh, I think they'll go back and watch this game. I mean, it's one game you don't want to watch, but regardless, we'll still play the highlights. Touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time. Cincinnati Bengals, get on that scoreboard first. Burrow stays in the shotgun with P. Ryan stationed to his right. They're three by one this time. Jamar Chase single to the right side. Snap the Burrow, quarterback draw. Goes up the middle, trying to push into the end zone. And no signal given yet, but yeah, he's in there. Joe Burrow with a five-yard quarterback draw. And Cincinnati gets a 75-yard touchdown drive to start the game at 849 to go first quarter. Man, the Chiefs only had three possessions in the first half. I mean, act technically four because that last possession before halftime didn't really count. It wasn't really a possession that they tried to move the ball on. But anyway, this put the Bengals up seven to nothing. Eleven plays, 75 yards, taking six eleven off the clock. The Chiefs, though would get back on that board with Harrison Butker. And now this will be a 26-yard attempt by Harrison Butker at four minutes to go in the first quarter. Townsend with the hold. James Winchester, the pride of the Choctaw Nation, with the snap, and the kick by Butker is good. The Chiefs have three. It was actually a good drive by the Chiefs. Ten plays, 65 yards, 452 off the clock, 356 left in the first quarter. The score was 7-3, to three, but in, ugh. Those Cincinnati Bengals, they just would not go away as the Cincinnati Bengals. It was T. Higgins this time, all six foot four of him. Third down and eight for the Bengals at the Kansas City 12. Seven to three, Cincinnati. 13.44 to go first half. Piran, the running back. Spread set, Burrow looks right, slant. It is caught inside the five, breaking a tackle and diving for a Cincinnati touchdown. T. Higgins having an outstanding season Gets the touchdown on a quick slant. His fourth touchdown, fifth touchdown this season. That's the problem with those big physical wide receivers. Nine plays, 74 yards. That made the score 14-3 to Cincinnati Bengals before Kansas City eh, would get one more touchdown before the half. Third down and goal to go at the two-yard line for the Chiefs, trailing 14-3. to 28 seconds to the two-minute warning of the first half. Tight triangle to the left of Mahomes. Split right, Justin Watson. Mahomes with the snap. Now throws it left flat. Caught by McKinnon. He'll walk into the end zone. Left side. Touchdown, Kansas City. And the Chiefs finally cross the goal line on a pass of two yards from Patrick Mahomes to Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon looked good. Remember, he's kind of questionable all week, not really practicing. But anyway, a two-yard touchdown pass. From Patrick Mahomes, 14 plays, 81 yards, taking 705 off the clock. But that was the final score of the first half, making the score 14 to 10 Cincinnati at half. Don't forget they, they took the ball first. So that means the Kansas City Chiefs would get an opportunity, get an opportunity to score once again uh, and be the first team to score in the second half. Pacheco is the running back now as the Chiefs had tight triangle initially. Now Sky Moore in motion. 
Handoff goes to Pacheco up the middle inside the five. Pacheco spins into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City bowling for dollars. Isaiah Pacheco bowls a strike on an eight-yard run. Bouncing off Bengal hits. The Chiefs have their first lead of the game. That made it nice, 17-14, 12-03 left in the third quarter. Seven plays, 77-yard drives. Took him 257 off the clock. Evan McPherson would kick a 36-yard field goal for the Bengals, culminating a nine-play 57-yard drive, making the score 17-17 before our Tully touchdown of the game. That's right, the Tully touchdown of the game. A little bit doing the weird doing this after the loss, but the Tully touchdown of the game brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. So raise the glass this week's Tully touchdown with Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. 17-17 tie. Chiefs fourth down and goal to go at the three. In motion left to right is Juju Smith-Schuster. Snap to Mahomes, looking right. Now pumping, he'll run it. Up the middle, he dives, and the ball's out. They're going to give him a touchdown. Did he break the plane? They will call it touchdown. Kansas City, check on Mahomes. Oh, he's fine. He's sprinting like a 200-meter dash to the sideline. That was Air Mahomes. That was our Tullamore Dew touchdown of the game. Eight plays, 53 yards, taking 327 off the clock. That put the Chiefs up 24 to 17. But Aaron Mahomes, very Jordan-like as he put that ball across the goal line. Yes, the ball was fumbled. But the one thing that uh, that happened was the Chiefs did recover the fumble. That was the one thing that I think was lost in this game is the Chiefs actually recovered that. That put the Chiefs up 24 to 17. Evan McPherson would kick a 41-yard field goal for the Cincinnati Bengals making the score 24 to 20. So the Chiefs still had a lead, but it wasn't meant to be as Cincinnati would win the game with this. Chiefs lead 24 to 20. First down and goal to go Cincinnati. Chris Evans in the game now. Lines up a trio, a quick snap. As Burrow setting his feet across the middle, caught at the five and sprinting into the end zone. Touchdown, Cincinnati Bengals. Chris Evans came into the game for that very play the Bengals tricked the Chiefs on an eight yarder Evans a backup running back that is his first touchdown this season Chris Evans eight yard touchdown pass 10 plays 53 yard drive they hit the ball a lot that's what happens when you dominate the line of scrimmage and run the ball as well as the Bengals did and Chiefs hit the ball a lot too I mean long possessions for these teams that made the final score 27 to 24 and that's our touchdown Kansas City uh, with Mitch Holtis, touchdown Kansas City, brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. And Jed, um, always like hearing the calls for the Kansas City Chiefs. I do wish we were celebrating a little bit more tonight on a couple of plays. Like when at the end of the first half, when Cincinnati goes for it on fourth down, mm-hmm. and, you know, they hand the ball off, and Carlos Dunlap makes a stop in the backfield. The Chiefs hadn't done anything on the defensive line. Then Carlos Dunlap... You know, making his his trek back to Cincinnati, the former Cincinnati Bengal, and I thought, okay, this is like them stopping Tyreek Hill last year. Very reminiscent to that game. Plus, the Chiefs are getting the ball first, second half. I thought that uh, could have been a uh, a big play for the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's how it sounded. P. Ryan, single back. Burrow under center. Fourth down and one at the Kansas City four. 51 seconds left in the half. Burrow again, barking out a long count here. We're out in motion. They're going to come in a jet sweep, and the Chiefs bury him. They bury him. What a play by Kansas City. Carlos Dunlap, the ex-Cincinnati Bengal. 
And the Bengals roll the dice and get snake eyes. <laughs> roll the dice and get snake eyes. I really wish we were talking about that play more. To me, that was the tackle of the year by the Kansas City Chiefs because it could have flipped this game. It could have flipped this game, and obviously those are momentum-type plays when you go in the halftime, but it didn't work. Let me ask you a question, though, Bink. Is there anything that you would take away from that play that maybe made you look at what the Chiefs do in certain situations similar to that where they try and get too cute? Because I know that's been a big complaint about Andy Reid and what the offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy do with the play calls. To me, it just seems like when you're in fourth and one, you have to go with where your bread is buttered. And I know that you don't want to put your quarterback into harm's way and that offensive coordinators get paid a lot of money and want to prove how smart they are. But when you have Joe Burrow, why don't you just lean forward and get the first down? And it looked like it was going to be there. Carlos Dunlap just makes a great play, but the defensive line hadn't been making great plays. And Cincinnati, which, by the way, is a very good red zone team. Cincinnati, uh, number two in the red zone. 71.4% of the time they score a touchdown inside the red zone, a high percentage. And you look at the Kansas City Chiefs in the red zone defense, Jed, um, not so much, not so good. 32nd in the NFL, giving up a touchdown 70.6% of the time. That is the is that good? Cincinnati scores every time in the red zone. We we give up touchdowns. Being not, in last place. It's is... not a very good. But on the flip side, I know people were complaining about the Chiefs in the red zone, but they do have more red zone touchdowns than any team in the NFL. I know that this last two weeks is not a great example, but – not been great <laughs> for the rest of the season well, i mean it's good stuff for the kansas city chiefs let's go back inside that locker room brought to you by santa fe auto sound kansas city's home for car audio since 1967 here's the quarterback patrick mahomes well he's addressing his foot and if he's okay yeah i'll be Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, I'm ready for whatever coach decides. Um, if we want to kick the field goal, I believe we have one of the best kickers in the league. So I'm gonna give them the chance to kick the field goal, and if coach wants to go for it, I believe that we can make it happen as an offense. So whatever coach decides, I know he's been in these moments before. Uh, I'm gonna trust in that, and we went with the field goal, and it didn't didn't go our way this year. Did it this time? Do you, did you try to do any persuasion or anything in that moment? Um. The persuasion is just kind of I just you stay out there and just hope that he calls it, um, uh, get the fourth down uh, chance. But we had gone through a lot of fourth downs throughout the game, and um, they were doing a good job. I mean, even we had hard-fought ones, but we had got we were, we were converting them. But I mean, we have one. We paid Bucker, and we have one of the best kickers in the league. So we trust in him in those moments, and he's made a lot of big kicks. So uh, this one didn't go our way, but if we're in that moment again, I, I trust he'll make it. Patrick, what, what did you try to get across, across to Travis after the fumble? I'm sure you had words of encouragement for him. Yeah, I mean, just I just tell him to continue to be himself. I mean, we've seen Travis do that many of times and get all those extra yards, which are hard-fought yards in this league. And um, obviously, they made a good play. Um, they stripped the ball out right at the very end there. Um, but I'm taking Travis fighting for extra yards every single time because that's the type of competitor that he is. Did you have to pick him up at all? Did you feel like, or did you repeat? Nah, I didn't. I didn't. I just try to get the ball to him as quickly as possible after that. So um, we trust in him, man. Uh, he's a he's a competitor. He's a reason that we're we're playing. We play in these big games like this, um, and so uh, he's going to go down fighting, so we're going to keep giving him chances to make plays. Patrick, you haven't been able to beat this team yet. Um, what is it about this team that makes him so tough? 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, they got a great quarterback, a guy that's won a lot of football games. Even though it was in college, today he's won a lot of football games now in the NFL. Um, he's someone that competes at the very end too. Um, they got playmakers all over there. <clears throat> They're well coached, have a good defense, um, and at the end of the day, they just they've they've executed at a higher level in the critical situations. Um, and so um, we 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 started off slow. Uh, we got back in the game in the flow of things, and then we had a, a turnover late, and then the the missed kick. So I mean, if you just try to take away those two things in the fourth quarter. I mean, if, you, if you're playing good teams, you make those turnover on downs, basically, on, in the fourth quarter. Uh, those are the, the things that kind of bite you at the end. You've been, success, you've been successful throughout your career against good teams, but what is it that they do on the defensive side that's so much different? Yeah, they just have a well-put-together team. I mean, you saw the offense, even though it's kind of like has the playmakers, but they'll take their time and, and kind of u- utilize the clock. Um, they uh, Their defense does a lot of different – they change up a lot of different coverages. Uh, they do a good job. They try to take Travis away as, as best as possible. That's why you saw all their guys making catches. Um, and I mean, I feel like we executed at a high level, uh, except for the one three-and-out drive. Um, but uh, it wasn't high enough because we didn't win. So we just got to go back and look at the film um, and just uh, try to get better from this game. Can you, can you go over your lead? Yeah, I mean, they played a good coverage. Um, I, I was looking at Juju. I didn't think I could get it in there where he would get in the end zone. And um, it's fourth down, so you have to try to go for it. And I was running, and the only way to get it was going over the top. So I should have tried to reach it over and, and get in the end zone. You're pretty confident you got you, you did get the ball over the goal line? Right. I, mean, I knew it was close. Um, Obviously, you don't want to fumble anytime. Um, I know it's fourth down you're going for, but you don't want to fumble. So I just tried to reach it across, and the ball came out. And I looked and saw that they kind of had jumped on it, and I looked at the ref, and he had said touchdown. So um, as, as confident as you can be when you're kind of flying in the air. Patrick, they did a lot of those three-man rushes that seemed like they at least mixed some of those in against today. Just wondering how you thought you guys executed against that one. Yeah, I mean, we definitely executed at a higher level than we did in the playoff game. Um, I thought the guys did a good, good, good. They did a great job of kind of blocking there. Um, they got us that one at the very end. Um, wish we wish we could have a little bit more time, um, but at the same time, um, they have, they had a good game plan, and we we I thought we had a, we executed at a high level at, at some points in the game. But we got to be if you're gonna beat a good football team, you got to execute throughout the entire game. Anything else? All right, thank you. There's Patrick Mahomes after the game tonight in Cincinnati. Disappointing game for the Kansas City Chiefs, but I guess there's a couple things to look forward to. Number one, you're not a Broncos fan. That's good. And number two, the schedule opens up. The Chiefs have to take care of business. I kind of wish this game was a couple games down the road just so the Chiefs had their attention because they need a tough game coming up, get them ready for the postseason. But Willie Gay spoke after the game as well. Let's go back inside that locker room. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. They're not doing anything we haven't seen, like I said, but, you know, it's just part of the game. You know, you win some, you lose some. Unfortunately, we just lost the last three we played against this team, you know, so got to bounce back, man. I'm sure we'll see them again, so. You said they didn't do anything special, but are you, are you more proud and impressed with the rookie cornerbacks have shown in this game? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to grow. They're going to make plays. And once again, grow from that also. So uh, just this loss is going to be big for them going in the future. Um, and they're going to know that uh, the details is what we need to correct every position. You know, not just the corners, but every position. So, Is, is Burrow difficult to bring down in the pocket? Or, I mean, is he difficult to track down, I guess, in the, in the pocket? Uh, no, man. You know, he just... He's shifty back there, though. He, I will say that. He's shifty. You know, um, these quarterbacks now, they, man, 
they protect it, you know. So you got to be careful how you bring him down. And you got to be careful, make sure he's not sliding. So when he starts ducking down, you know, he gets hit under behind the offensive line. So, but no, when you, when you wrap him up, you got him, man. But it's just the angles and uh, and um, just coming under control to bring him down is the only thing. So. What made P Ryan so difficult to stop tonight? Man, man, just just running hard. You know, I got to give it to him. Just running hard, nothing. That I feel like he did special, but once again, I mean, he's a running back. You run hard, you get, you know, you get positive yards, you know, here and there. We stopped him sometimes. He made plays sometimes. Um, running behind his offensive line, he's shoot, he's short bowling ball man. So those guys are always hard to stop from any short big running back in the league. You know, they all pretty good. So. So, man, it's just he had himself a good night. Burrow's escapability, is that frustrating as a guy like you likes to get and hit people? It seems like he's just – he is kind of evasive. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, shoot, man, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league like that, you know. Um, they're not scrubs. Now, they're quarterbacks, but they're not any scrubs. scrubs. So, um, when you get an opportunity to take them down, you definitely have to take it. You know, once again, you got to be careful because those fines ain't, you know, ain't no joke. So, but, yeah, man, he's definitely uh, – He's a baller, so we might have had another one of those if he wants tonight, right? I mean, how do you how do you tackle a guy and not fall on him? I mean, you have to really kind of adjust yourself. Nah, right? Yeah, you just gotta. It's it's part of the game we play now, man. You gotta if you hit him, you gotta make sure he's not sliding. If you if you don't slide, you gotta make sure you don't fall on top of him. You know, a certain way. You know, if you do square him up, you gotta make sure you don't get him with your head, man. It's a lot of things that play into it, you know. So just try to wrap him with your arms, I guess. You know, so. it looked like they were trying to operate sometimes, kind of in between the numbers. Why was that kind of that that spot that seemed to be kind of difficult? Oh uh, man, it's just I don't know, man. It's really just how the, a lot of NFL offenses work. You know, passes in between the hashes. You know, running between the tackles and the guards. So. Just uh, working that that, uh, interior, and that's what they did. Okay, there's uh, Willie Gay right there. We'll take a timeout. Y'all finish through your phone calls. Plus, I have a special guest because today was my cause, my cleats for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk to uh, Greco Paintworks as well. Mm. Jeff Jeff Saturday showing us all that uh, anybody can coach, right? Jeff Sunday. Jeff Sunday, just like Deion Sanders coaching Colorado. I like that's that going to be a disaster, by the way. I, I think it's going to be great. You think he's actually going to succeed at Colorado? I do. I do. Why? I Give do. me one reason. Well, first of all, he's a good college coach. He went undefeated this year. Yeah, it was at the FCS level. But you look at this, he's got more coaching experience than Jeff Saturday does. Does he have another son playing quarterback for him? He's going. He's transferred. He even told Colorado, and I was kind of listening to it. The Colorado job's such a turd, though. He's like, bringing that's, his own There's luggage. no way. There's no way. He told them to hit the portal if they don't like it because he, uh, he's bringing his own luggage. But here's the thing. Colorado can be good, and the Pac-12 sucks. I agree that They're the Pac-12 does They're losing USC and UCLA. No, I'm with you. That is prime grounds to win for prime time. They're joining a real conference, the Big Ten. <laughs> real Which, by the way, who won that, Jay? Do you mind? Oh, I know. That, hey, Michigan's in the playoffs, man. Congratulations right, to you and Burton. You and Vern are, uh, are Michigan guys. So congratulations to both of you. The uh, wide receivers from Park Hill High School, Ronnie Bell, had a nice little game for the Wolverines. No Blake Corum. The no fact Blake that Corum. he's going to get healthy, they're going to curb stomp TCU. I don't know if they need him. No, <laughs> they really don't. They With really their are. backup running backs, I mean, yeah. and J.J. McCarthy coming into his own, as you mentioned, yeah. the wide receiving core, Michigan's scary good. But it's, it's nice to see that Ronnie Bell 
from Park Hill is Absolutely. Uh, kind of leading the way. You Love know, the local, KC kids. Local, local Kansas City kid leading the way. Before I get into my cause, my cleats, let's go real quick to my man Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan? Hey, Bing, how you doing? Yeah, I'm real surprised. The defensive line should have dominated. Come on now. Yeah, 35 sacks, but the offensive line of the Bengals has given up to this year. So uh, I can't believe that Chris Jones and uh, Frank Clark didn't have a big game. You know, I can't get that one sack by Colossus, man. We've been skunk. And, you know, and I, you know, uh, I have to ask you something, Bing. I would have gone for it on fourth and three. I know Andy uh, believes in Buster, but I would have gone for it. What do you think about that? You know what, Dan, and that's a good question, Dan. And, you know, listen. The way that uh, Butker's not that automatic kicker anymore. And I, I kind of want the ball in the hands of my best player. Although the uh, offensive line would need to suck it up and block for him, you know? Somebody like Kelsey, step up, get that first down. Because, again, if you look at, like, pressure situations, the Chiefs are number one on third down percentage, 66 of 129 coming in, 51%. Number two on going for it on fourth down, meaning they're good, on fourth down conversions rate, they came in amassing 75% on fourth down, which was number one in the National Football League. So, yeah, I might trust uh, one Patrick Mahomes in that situation. But this has been kind of a downer day. This has become kind of a downer day. But if you noticed on the field, it, today was my cause, my cleats. You saw the Chiefs on their website. And if you get the Chiefs app, they send out an alert for my cause, my cleats. Uh, different players have different organizations. Uh, they get their cleats painted. It looks really good. They have these these deals. Uh, but the guy sitting here with me now, Craig Greco from Greco Paintworks, uh, kind enough uh, to join me tonight, uh, does paint these cleats. But first of all, Craig, good evening. Hey, Bing. Thanks for having me on, man. Well, thanks for coming out because I was really hoping this was going to be like, you know, party on Garth type thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the well, Chiefs win and move on. You know what I'm saying? It, it, <laughs> it would have been a lot better situation. But it, hey, it would have um, been. But, I, you know, I, I thought this would be cool because my cause, my cleats. I think it's cool the NFL does this, this uh, one week in the year. And, you know, they, they kept showing Karloftis' shoes, whether it's on the broadcast on CBS, whether it's on Chiefs' website. Fox 4, our friends over there, showed it. Uh, 41 actually showed it. They didn't put your name on there. And uh, Channel 9. Channel yeah. 9 showed you as well. You're kind of getting big time, Craig. And yeah, you get time for us radio people. But anyway, you painted Karloftis' cleats. I think you saw those as blue and yellow ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, canine Companions, where you give service, service dogs to people with disabilities and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Sky Moore wore the Big Mac shoes. Oh, yeah. Big and, Mac and fries. And Big Mac and fries are going to be auctioning these things off. And James Cochran, yep, uh, the absolutely. linebacker rookie the Chiefs have that, that's got that Pat Tillman Society yep. for veterans, the uh, red, white, and blue cleats. Yeah, I work with Pat Tillman and uh, or with this foundation and and uh, was able to do a really cool flag on there and make and it look like it's kind of waving. America. Oh, yeah. I like those. Uh, I think those are my favorite ones. Those Big Mac ones are cool, but those flag ones are really, really cool. Man, it was clean. So how long have you been doing this? Because I know you did Harrison Butker's cleats in the past. Now, do these guys only – I mean, I never, I mean we rarely pay attention to their cleats because they put so much tape on them and everything else. Mm-hmm. And they all, like, get to there and they, the turf's a certain way. And, like, you know, I'm going to go tennis shoes or cleats or something like this. But how often do you have to do this? So I haven't really done a whole lot of cleats. Like you said, I, I painted for Bucker in 2019 and then uh, kind of took a couple of years off from the NFL. And then uh, here about two weeks ago, they reached out to me and I, I started by painting Carl Loftus. And that led me to uh, Jack Cochran. And, and then Sky reached out to me just, uh, gosh, like middle of last week. So That's where you did the big bank shoes. Yeah. Yep. 
I'm going to have to get some of those. You've told me uh, you're going to paint some for Cody and Gold so we can put them in the auction. Yeah, man, you know what? I want to do some Reaper shoes for you. You know what? I'd love some Reaper shoes. You know, because, you know, the Fear the Reaper thing was 13 seconds of pure glory for the Kansas City Chiefs, for the Buffalo Bills. They still talk about it, too. They're like, I think, I was like, you know what? It'd probably be a bigger deal in Kansas City had they won, won the next game. Yeah. Because 65 toss power trap. They, I know you've done stuff with that on your, uh, you paint the cornhole boards mm-hmm. for Chiefs yeah. fans as well. But, uh, I think it's cool what you do over at Greco Paintworks because we see these shoes and how cool that they looked. I wish you could do something with my Appreciate shoes, it, but, they're, but they're too old. But they're too old. But the NFL, they're going to start using you too? Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see. Um, I think right now I'm in the process of being vetted by the league. And, it, you know, if, if that passes and, and I have the opportunity, then I think, um, you know, I may be painting for players across uh, – you know, the entire league, all 32 teams, so. That'd be cool. But, like, Evan McPherson of the Bengals, like, if you ever did, he was the kicker. Like, if you ever do his, we'd have issues, man. If you start, like, painting Bengals cleats. Well, you, <laughs> you know, Bengals, Raiders, uh, Broncos. That is money, man. It, I mean, you, don't, you, don't, you don't pass up that. You know, listen. I've Russell already, Wilson, I've, let's I've, ride shoes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I've already got a plan. Um, you know, if I end up, like, painting for, you know, like, let's say a Bengals player, right? Um, there's definitely definitely going to be like a hidden arrowhead under uh, un, under that top design. You know when they built the Legion Stadium where the Raiders played, uh, there was a construction worker out there. The Chiefs Chief flag. Fan, and he buried a Chiefs flag. Absolutely. Underneath that stadium. Yeah, see, same thing. You know, they're going to have uh, have an arrowhead or have a KC underneath their uh, Bengals paint scheme. So this might cause my cleats that the NFL did today, which, again, I think is a great deal because they all pick organizations. Patrick Mahomes, you know, had some too, and a lot of the players – had uh, shoes representing an organization. They'll sell those cleats, and that money goes to the uh, the charitable cause right. of the Kansas City Chiefs. Like Cochran's will go to Pat Tillman Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronald McDonald's house will be Sky Moore's when he sells those. And Canine Companions will be Carl Loftus, which, I mean, you killed it with those because those have been everywhere. Like, those have been everywhere, man. Man, they've got a lot of attention, which is super cool. I mean, that's, uh, that's what this is all about, you know, to raise uh, awareness and, and help out with the, the foundation, the charity and that. So a uh, great opportunity. And, you know, I'm just, honestly, I'm really excited that I was able to paint something that, um, you know, everybody loves so much that it got that attention. How many, how many guys around the NFL do what you do? You know, cause these shoes complain, right? I mean, they, they have, they have to be painted. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just getting factory cleats, so I've got to break them down, get, uh, you know, whatever that color is that they come with and, and that factory finish off and then prep them and paint them up. Um, you know, accordingly, whether it's the the Chiefs colors in, a, in like a week to week cleat, or if it's with regard to the, you know my cause my cleats, whatever that foundation is, and kind of that theme. But you know, at one time, I think there were only thirteen guys that were painting for the yeah. NFL, and I don't know, maybe it's more than that now. It's it's it's, it's hard to keep work, track, man. but it's a lot of detail, a lot of detail. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, a lot of patience, but hey, I enjoy it. Um, you know, somebody described it the other day as a labor of love. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just a blast. I, I love to sit down and design every one of these from, you know, Pat Tillman's flag to, uh, you know, the, the shoes for canine companions and the, the meaning behind that. Sure. And, and so uh, what happened is uh, there, there's a guy, a boy by the name of Patrick, and he's got a, a service dog from canine companions. And the, the dog's name was Julio. Well, they had reached out and uh, you know, met Carl Loftus at training camp and then reached out to him and asked him if he would pair with them for the My Cause My Cleats. 
And as that came together, then they got a hold of me. And, and so when it came time to, to design those cleats, I wanted to make sure that I involved Julio. Uh, you know, I really thought that he needed to be on the field. Well, so. the Sky War ones are cool. And if you haven't seen these, like I said, it's on the Chiefs website and you've seen emails, but it's a Big Mac on the front. And they're really cool, but it came late to you, right? I mean, this is something yeah. you had to do fast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, gosh, I got the the cleats Wednesday evening, oh, man. painted them up Thursday, and straight had them from back the manufacturer, in. like straight from Nike or whatever. Whoever, yeah, you know, I, th- I think the the Chiefs have probably got. I know uh, Mahomes orders the deep. I, I think it come out of the equipment room. Okay, they send them to you, then you paint them. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Craig, good stuff, man. Uh, I definitely need you to paint some of my shoes. Absolutely. Not really, because they're all they all look terrible. Yeah, we're going to get you some. <laughs> thanks you, a lot, brother. You need some sweet Reaper shoes. <laughs> Go to Greco Paintworks to get that done. But anyway, thanks for coming on, Craig, because it was a great uh, – it's a great deal with your Mike Haas, my cleats. I know the players really enjoy that, and it looks good. looks good on the field. looks good on TV. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you having me on. The painted shoes. Wish it brought better luck, though. Right? Do you have anything painted, Jen? I told Craig when I let him in, I really want him to paint me a pair of shoes. I'm a sneakerhead. Are you? Oh, yeah. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs fall to the Cincinnati Bengals tonight, 27 to 24. Denver on the clock for the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember, this game has been flexed out of it, but back to normal time, 3.05. So Jed and I will essentially be on the same time we are tonight. Just don't forget the Chiefs have Broncos a couple more times, and they've got the uh, Houston Texans, the Raiders still coming up. But we need the Cincinnati Bengals and the Bills to lose the game. They do play each other, but we'll have to be watching that number one seed as the Chiefs lost the number one seed and go to number two. Thanks for listening. Don't forget Fesco in the morning, 558. Thanks to Jed Marshall producing the operation. Good night.